Welcome in Iowa Hawkeye fans to another episode of the Hawkeye Tailgate Report. I am Luke Myers. Joey and Stin are here as well. And uh, it's been a couple weeks since we recorded a podcast here for a couple different reasons, but mainly because David Bell made us his bitch a couple weeks ago and we were all a little bit sour on that, so we figured it was uh, better off to let it simmer for a little bit. Uh, And so... Let's just get right into this. Was there one redeeming quality for Iowa in that entire game? Because I can't think of it, if there was one. No. Uh, there was a flyover. That was pretty neat. <laughs> I, was in the, I was in the bathroom for that. That was, that was before the game, so it doesn't count. Yeah, but it was a bigger plane, and it, was, it came in real nice and low. It was kind of cool. It was better than the three fighter jets or whatever it was a couple of weeks ago, but... Yeah, I mean, everybody sucked. Charlie or uh, Tory Taylor wasn't. I mean, it's hard to blame the punter, but he didn't even yeah. have his best game. It was just like Phil Parker was terrible. Shocker here, Brian Ferentz was equally terrible. It was just everything that could have gone wrong. It's like they didn't watch any of the film from the last two years. Yeah, the most upsetting part about it is that going into that game. Everybody and their dog knew that Purdue was going to try to get the ball to David Bell against Iowa. That was literally, if you talked to an Iowa fan before that game, first thing that they were going to say is, we need to cover David Bell. Everybody fucking knew to guard David Bell. And what do we do? Let him just rip our goddamn hearts out for the third year in a row. He just ran wild on us. It was unreal. Why were we not double-teaming him from the time that he crossed the state line? It makes no sense to me. Another pretty upsetting thing about that is that this this past week, um, Brom had a quote, something like how, because Bell had a pretty pedestrian game at Wisconsin. He got shut down at Wisconsin. It wasn't even pedestrian. He had like 27 yards. And, yeah, and um, he said, he pretty much said, yeah, well, they doubled him. Iowa, and we didn't really see that at Iowa, which... And then he literally said after that, he goes, I don't know why. Like, even he knows. It just, it's, I I don't know. My frustration point with that is just unreal, because Purdue does it. It's been David Bell the last three years, but if it's not him, it's one receiver that just has, like, a career day. And for as great as Phil Parker is, because he is incredible at his job, he cannot, for the life of him, solve the Purdue offense, and I don't understand it because at their best, Purdue under Jeff Brom is like a seven-win team. Like they're not that good, but when they play Iowa, they look like they're Alabama or something. Yeah, it, but like you said, it Austin, you double them. They were giving them at least like seven yards cushion, bell cushion every play, and if you're gonna, you got somebody who you know is gonna absolutely destroy you because he's done it in the past. Knock him off the line of scrimmage with a little pressure and double him with the safety up top. And I know we're just idiot fans, and, oh, we never played the sport. Kiss my ass. I have watched more football than a lot of people in this world. It, it Not recognizing the truest weapon on a team is downright foolish, and, like, I don't know how it happens. It's, yeah, it's more frustrating to me is just the fact that, like, David Bell was the guy that you couldn't let beat you. So you double him, 
And if somebody else beats you, somebody else beats you, hats off to the Purdue coaching staff for figuring that out. But it was literally just like the one guy that we all knew that we had to cover, and we just didn't do anything about it. And I, that part is just, I don't know, it's frustrating, it's disappointing, it's upsetting, whatever you want to call it. It just, it's, that loss felt so deflating after the high that we had the week before that with Penn State. And, like, I, and it's, it's not even, so, like, yes, obviously David Bell and the defense was what it was. Our offense put up seven points. That is, I mean, you can't be doing that at this stage in the year. And we've known that the offense has kind of been the thing that will maybe hold us back. But the defense was causing turnovers and we were still winning, so it's one of those things. Well, yeah, they're not playing that good, but they're getting the job done. And I feel like we all had, we all knew at some point in the year there was going to be a day where the offense had to win us a game, which was last Saturday. And or two Saturdays ago, I guess now, and it just, it was pathetic. There was, I, I don't know. Peter and, finally had the game that his haters were waiting for him to have, too. Okay, yeah, but that's that's a collective failure on the offensive side. Oh, because yeah. I mean, the I offensive fe- line was awful. I don't know the exact number, but Purdue probably had the ball for, what, 75% of the game? I know that they led time of possession. I don't know what the exact stats on it are. But and, it was just like, and uh, the game was a perfect encapsulation of all of the shortcomings of our offense from like, and a young, inexperienced offensive line outside of Tyler Linderbaum not performing, like not averaging even close to five yards a carry, which is what the goal is supposed to be. Petrus like not being mobile, so like when his line, you know, kind of collapses on him. He doesn't make anything with his feet, and then he wasn't just a game manager. He like he cost us a game. You could argue like throwing four interceptions, especially in the second half when we needed to like come back. And then like Keegan Johnson, like the first play of the game, we threw like a little screen to him. We took it, you know, like thirty yards or something. And then we didn't give him the ball the rest of the game. It was just like everything that frustrates us about Iowa's offense was in like the spotlight in that game. And I just, I, I don't get how we've had kind of like, these are the problems that we've had on offense for the whole year, but they've been kind of masked by the defense and the special teams. And then in this game, they all come to head at once. And then you just sit here and you think, we've known that all of these things were the problems in our offense for the whole season. And yet it seems like we don't do anything to address them anyway. We do like, we put our head in the sand and choose to ignore it until it comes and bites us in the ass, and that's what happened. And one other note, because this, I've been mentioning this a little this year, the offensive line is just, it's Linderbaum and everybody else. There is zero push up front. Zero, like, you can put all the blame you want on Peters, but you might, you, you better be pointing fingers at the offensive line as well, and Brian Ferentz, obviously. Because Peters is getting hit on a lot of his throws. Yeah, and I, I do put a lot of blame on the offensive line. And I know this is something that you can't change about a quarterback, but this is where it would help to also have somebody that wasn't a statue in the pocket. Like somebody that could scramble a little. Yeah, like we're not asking Peters to be Kylie Murray out there, but it seems like he has 
absolutely no ability to either, one, like, make a play with his legs or, like, extend a play. And then, two, if he does manage to do that, his accuracy when while throwing, like, while on the move is abysmal. Also, I saw today that, um, like, we're only converting, like, 38% of our third downs this season, which is, it's too low. I don't know, it's, we have too many, too many good players on offense for it to look as inept as it does at times. Yeah, the third down thing might, I mean, it kind of stems off of our first down plays aren't getting much yardage either. Yes, yeah. it does. I mean, if we get behind the sticks, it, it obviously it hurts you to, on third down then, but I don't know, like, has Tyrone Tracy done, like, anything of note this year? All we heard coming into the season was he's going to be the guy this year. And I don't know, if because maybe he's just not as good as people were talking up to be, or if it's the offensive scheme, or if it's a little bit of both. But, like, we haven't had him involved at all. We don't utilize Keegan Johnson as, like, a deep threat. I just, I don't know. There's, there's too much talent on the offensive side of the ball, especially in our skill positions, for us to continue to kind of run the same ho-hum offense that we've been doing. And I get it. We're Iowa. It's kind of what we do. But at some point in time, you have to realize we have more special players at the skill positions than we have ever had, like, than we used to. So we don't have to just be like, let's run, run, pass. You know, we can get a little bit more creative. And that I'd put on the shoulders of Brian Ferentz. And let's not kid ourselves and say that Brian Ferentz is, I mean, really, since he's become the Iowa offensive coordinator, I think the highest Iowa's offense is rated nationally through a whole season was 86 out of 130 FBS programs. It's, we should not, that should not be the high watermark for us under an offensive coordinator in his, what, fourth or fifth season now? <laughs> I think a lot of this goes to prove, like, everybody always says, oh, defense wins championships, defense wins championships. It really doesn't. A defense, a defense will get you quite a ways, but you need, at, you need a serviceable offense to go anywhere. One more embarrassing note is that we lost to a three-quarterback system. That almost never happens. <clears throat> Usually, if your team has a three quarterback system, they really have a no quarterback system. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't know. Like I said, I think we all agree. We probably put most of the blame on the offense, right? And rightfully so. I mean, yeah. there was because the defense is allowed to have a bad game. Well, and like, okay, they did have a bad game, and it was mostly just because David Bell exposed us. We still didn't. Get, we gave up twenty four points. points. That's like. If you give up 24 points in today's college football, you expect to win probably 70% of those games. And it was just one of those where we had said it all year, there was going to be a game when the offense had to win it for us, and this was their game and they didn't. And especially because, like, in the other games this year when, like, we've started poorly or we needed the offense to kind of come out and do something for us, like, they had been able to put a drive together when we needed a drive. Like in the Iowa State game when we were, we were down like 10-7 or something like that, then our offense came together, second quarter, put up 17 points. In the Penn State game, we got down 17-3. to Like our next possession, we went down, had a long touchdown drive. Like the offense did something when we needed it to, and 
Like, I, I feel like kind of the defining moment of our offense in the Purdue game was when Purdue fumbled the ball out of the end zone for a touchback when they would have went up by, like, 20 points or something like that. Instead, we get the ball and immediately get sacked on our first two plays after that. Like, that was kind of the ball game at that point. Like, that's when the offense needed to put on their big boy pants and do something, and they just collapsed in on themselves. But with all of this being said, and after what happened this weekend in college football, here we sit with our own fate in our hands, thanks to Purdue getting absolutely slaughtered by Wisconsin this past weekend. Uh, went out, we're in Indy, and who knows what happens after that. So, that brings us to what happened this weekend in college football. I already mentioned Wisconsin kicked the crap out of Purdue. Uh, do we just want to talk about Big Ten games or just all games in general? I don't, we could talk about several games. I have a couple things to mention. All right, one thing to mention about the Iowa State-Oklahoma State game. And that's that uh, taunting penalty that was oh called on. Oh my God! Whatever his name was is. Was it taunting or excessive celebration? Either way, taunting. it might be the worst, that worst was, penalty I've seen in my entire That was life. worse than the Wadley one. Like it was not even like a full-on high step. It was like half a high step, like one what, yard from the end zone. What are we doing here? Like what? What good? What good did that? Was anybody? Nobody. No. Nobody was upset about that play. Not, Purdue guys probably didn't even notice that it happened. You mean Oklahoma State? State. I mean, Oklahoma State. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I just, although he did have, Iowa State did have the ultimate ball don't lie moment after that, though, because the same guy who had the touchdown taken back because of that bullshit penalty did end up catching a touchdown like two plays later. But yeah, like, I just, that ref should just be fucking, like, canned. If you're throwing that flag, what, you're not, that, I mean, what the hell are we doing? That's an ego play. Oh, yeah, he, was, he wanted everybody to know he was there. <laughs> that, that guy sat there and he thought, these people paid money to watch me throw a yellow flag. Although, another thing from that game, the line was what? Iowa State minus 7.5 against the number 8 team in the country. I think, okay, so I think that was the, I don't know if this stat is exactly right. It was the biggest, that, it was the biggest spread. It was the most... An unranked team was favored against a top ten team since 1988 or something like that. Yeah, I mean, like Iowa State plays good at home, and like Oklahoma State, you know, I don't know. It's a weird year in college football, so all the like high ranked teams, pretty much outside of Georgia right now, you're kind of like, well, they're kind of just there as a result of the rest of college football being off, which is fine. But yeah, that line made. Zero sense to me. Like, obviously, Vegas knew what the hell they were talking about because Iowa State won the game. But could you imagine, like, if Iowa would have came out as seven and a half point underdogs, like to Purdue when they were coming in? Like, I don't know. That's that was wild. But that's I don't, know. I don't really have any great commentary on that. Besides, I was just surprised by that line. Yeah, but uh, another game. We'll talk about everything but Big Ten first, I guess. Oklahoma, Kansas was an absolute shit show and for some Kansas just keeps sneaking by and doing enough to you have the, what you said Kansas I think you meant Oklahoma there oh yeah Oklahoma is doing just enough to sneak by and stay nationally relevant because if they lose one of these their final three games are what Baylor Iowa State and another ranked team Oklahoma State 
oh god i really want them to lose because if they get into the college football playoff they'd get murdered by georgia bama and i would even say cincinnati because that is just not a good football team and okay that's a forward lateral correct i i mean i don't know i I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't know you couldn't. I thought you. I was under the impression that you could hand the ball off whenever you wanted to. Like I didn't know you couldn't hand it off forward. Like I thought as long as there wasn't the ball didn't go in the air, I thought you could do it whenever. Yeah. No. So I I think that the official ruling on that was that I don't know. I think to me it looked like, and I think a lot of other people agree with me in that. It looked like the running back initially crossed the line of scrimmage, then got pushed back, which would mean that, like, that's why it would have been illegal. But I think the explanation that the officials gave was that he had never crossed the line of scrimmage to begin with, which, I don't know, whatever, it was really close, but I don't know. That that just feels like it it was wrong. Yeah, but Oklahoma escapes again. What are they up to? Number three? Yeah. Bama, no, Bama jumped him. Did they? I don't know. Like, I don't know. we can say, I like, Oklahoma is a flawed team. I don't think that they're that good, and they probably, you know, if they do make the playoff, they'll probably get steamrolled. But if we're being honest, I think kind of every team outside of Alabama and Georgia are all going to fare the same way if they make the playoff anyway. Like, Georgia is, their defense is just going to shit down the throat of anybody that they play, and, like, Alabama is just Alabama. It's just a weird year in college football where there's one, maybe two teams that are kind of better than the rest, and everybody else is left to fight for the last two spots. And so I'm, I'm kind of okay with that. It's more enjoyable to watch it this year when there's kind of a lot up for grabs right now. And Iowa was in the same boat. Yeah. We, we knew that we were, like, deep down we knew that we were a flawed team and not probably deserving of the number two ranking that we got. But we weren't going to apologize for getting it because who else besides Iowa was should have been ranked at two at the point. So I'm not like yes, Oklahoma is not as good as what their ranking is, but they shouldn't apologize for having it because nobody else like they haven't lost so far. Yeah, and you, what we said with Iowa you is play the schedule. Yeah, you, you play the schedule that you have, and what we said with Iowa is I'm not going to apologize for being you know six and zero that we were, seven and zero that Oklahoma is. It's better to win ugly than to lose ugly. So there is something to be said for still winning the games. So, I don't know. They, I, I agree with you. I don't think they're that good. I think that they'll get stomped in the playoff if they make it there. But in the same breath, they shouldn't apologize for being where they are because nobody has proven that they deserve to be above them at this point of the season so far anyway. So, let them enjoy it for now, and what's going to happen is going to happen. Uh, just a couple other games I just want to mention. The Wake Forest uh, Army game was what seventy four to fifty nine or something, something like that. A uh, uh, it was either a quarterback or a running. It was a running back for Wake Forest had touchdowns on four consecutive carries in that game. Set a new FBS record. Also, Wake Forest only had the ball for seventeen minutes, of and that they game. scored seventy four points. That's yeah, absurd. I'm pretty sure both teams covered by themselves. That is a college basketball score, not a college football score. Yeah, that's what I anticipate the first five Iowa basketball games to be. <laughs> um, also, Pitt is another ACC team that's trying to make noise, I guess you could say, but they're not going to because West they lost to Western Michigan in September, but they still only have one loss right now. 
But they beat Clemson this week, which that's not really saying much this year. But that does not really carry much weight this season at all. But uh, other than that, I, am I missing any games? I mean, Cincinnati barely snuck out against Navy. Tennessee hung, hung tough with Alabama for like two and a half quarters, and then just no, it was it was a Alabama does. It was a seven point game in the uh, at the end of the third. And then they they scored something like twenty eight or something like that in the fourth. So shout out to Tennessee for wetting the bed. But now to the Big Ten. Uh, Michigan beat Northwestern. Ohio State absolutely slaughtered Indiana. And the game of the day, uh, Illinois and Penn State. So Austin and I watched all nine overtimes of this and let me say it was painful to watch it was it was horrible if it was was iowa that i i wouldn't have been handling it very well i wasn't handling it well and i'm not a fan of either team i mean obviously i was cheering for penn state to lose but the fact that they went five consecutive like two-point conversion-offs, I guess is if that's what you want to call it, without either team scoring was absurd. They needed to get three yards to score, and neither team could. And they were just like, both teams were stepping on their dicks in the course of doing it, too. Like, terrible play calling, dropping passes for wide-open conversions. Like, I don't know what the hell is going on. Like, Illinois ran the ball for 350 yards that game, and they passed it on their first six two-point conversion attempts. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah, they and then they ran an end around and got a touchdown, but Penn State tied it up. And then they tried running again and got stuffed. They just completely bailed on what got them to that point in the game. Yeah, I don't know. I, my, I have two kind of big takeaways from that. My first one being the new college football overtime rules are dog shit. That was horrible to watch. It, like, the thing that I fall back to on that is, like, in the old rules, which were awesome, you know, both teams get a possession, but, like, both teams could score and one team could still end up winning by scoring. In the two-point conversion off, if both teams score there, you just keep going on for forever. So I, I know that the NCAA said they implemented the new rule to, like, shorten overtime games or whatever, and then promptly got the longest game in NCAA history with nine overtimes. So that's just horrible. I don't know. That rule stinks. I don't think many people like it. And uh, my second takeaway is I think Iowa may have broken James Franklin because did you have you seen his press conferences this week where he's yeah, been yep. like, tied to the USC job opening, and he, somebody asked him about that, and his response included, first of all, we need to take into account here, Penn State is playing at Ohio State this week. That should be, that should be noted, because it's important for the quote that he had when asked about the USC job. He said, his team is focused on playing Illinois at the big house this coming week. So he's got the team wrong and the location wrong, but he says that he's not thinking about the USC job. So I, I think that he's all but gone at this point. Oh yeah. yeah. That, how does that even happen? Like, how do you? 
I don't. He's he like he said it multiple times too. Yeah, he's like somebody programmed it. <laughs> Glitch in the Matrix. And then also they did have Clifford back, so it was. I know I. Joey's gonna chirp me about how I said move on past Penn State, but it was hilarious how once they got Clifford back, they lost to probably a bottom two, bottom one team in the Big Ten. Like entire Iowa Twitter became a hypocrite in like ten minutes right there. To be fair, that's just because people are petty. Like that's just because Twitter sucks. <laughs> it, it, it does, it does. But yeah, that's just like I don't know. You see somebody that you don't like, and then you're like, ah, oh, I'm not going to care about them anymore. But then you see them fall on their face, and you're like, actually, I'm going to fucking laugh at you, and that's exactly what we did. I just but, human nature, I feel like. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I think Franklin is going to be gone, uh, and Ohio State plays Penn State this week, and Michigan and Michigan State play. So the Big Ten could once again look completely fucked after this week. So if Penn State manages to win this game, yeah, that would throw a wrench in the whole kind of Big Ten rankings again. But I don't know doesn't make a difference for Iowa, so I feel like we should just be rooting for maximum chaos in the East. Is that at the shoe? Yeah. What are Michigan and Michigan State ranked? Both in the top ten. I'll do some research here quick. You know my gears about that fucking game is they got. Big noon kickoff, game day, and the Barcelona one. And I'm over ESPN. Fuck them. Yeah, I think I do think. I mean, I think that big noon kickoff was like does a lot more like around the town and like does more with at the the campus and the community. So I thought that was pretty cool. Michigan State's number eight. And Michigan's number six. So nice. Yeah. Uh, all right. Are we missing any games we want to mention anything about? I didn't think there was anything else. Um, no, not really. I feel like that Penn State Illinois game was kind of the headline in Big Ten football this past week. Yeah. Uh, so we can talk about Wisconsin now. You guys will be in attendance this weekend in Madison. That is correct. Yes. The over under is thirty six and a half. 36 or 38 and It's 36 and Either half. way, it's comically low. I love it. And I'm totally thinking about hitting that under. I just keep having the thought of the 10 to 6 game from 2015 in my head. Oh, yeah. I think that the first team to, like, 14 is going to win this game. If <laughs> I don't even know how offensively we're going to win because Wisconsin's just as good of a defense as we have, I think. At least that's what I've been hearing. I'll, yeah, no, I, they are. They're probably even a little bit better on defense than we are, so, I, which is scary because our offense is – well, I don't know. It's funny. Like, Iowa and Wisconsin are essentially the exact same team this year. Like, really good defense, laughably bad offense, and then I, our special teams is going to have the edge on theirs. But it'll be interesting to see, like, the battle of the unstoppable force and the immovable object, which is, like, both of our offenses just trying to score against – the incredible defenses. Yeah, but I I did watch a rerun of a Wisconsin game from a couple weeks ago when I was at the gym here. Uh, and wow, did their offense look pitiful. And like, I, I we're clearly seeing a bad offense from Iowa. Iowa's offense looked way better than that offense did. But 
Graham Mertz is horrible. He was a five-star quarterback, and he looks like he's out. He looks he looks worse out there than Petrus does. It's like when we got Woody and Gasell. <laughs> Two highest-rated recruits in like the program's history. The big difference for Wisconsin this year offensively is though they don't have Melvin Gordon, James White, uh, Monte Ball, uh, J- uh, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, but Wisconsin, I always feel like just one of those where. It's just a matter of time before somebody comes out and starts doing that for them anyway. But my point being, we're, the Iowa defensive line is doing their job this year in, what is it, like 2.7 or 3 yards a carry? So that that should bode well for us. It's in theory, but... We're going to need Tory Taylor's A game this weekend, I have a feeling. Tory Taylor's A game and Charlie Jones to be on it. We're going to need everybody's A game. Like, Wisconsin is a three-loss team at this point in the season already, but they're a lot better, especially now. Like, they did not play particularly well at the start of the season. They're better than the record suggests that they are. So this is absolutely going to be a dogfight. And it will, I'm not going to say, ultimately decide the West. Uh, Should I check who Wisconsin has left after this? I mean, Minnesota only has one loss in the Big Ten, too. Like, they're Correct. just as much a contender as anybody is right now. And uh, that, I keep playing in my head that they lost to uh, Bowling Green, was it, as 31-point favorites? I just keep, that is... I know, you have that in your mind, but, and yes, so it probably means that Minnesota is not actually that good, but they control their destiny just as much as Iowa does in the Big Ten right now, so... Yeah, uh, after this game, uh, Wisconsin has at Rutgers, home Northwestern, home Nebraska, and at Minnesota. So Nebraska and Minnesota kind of like our schedule after this game as well. But they get Northwestern at home, which we have to play them on the road, and that does make a difference, I believe. The notoriously wild Ryan Field over at Northwestern. What a dump. Gonna get rowdy at nighttime. I can't believe you're going to that, Luke. After we left there for the when we went there two weeks ago, we all vowed that we decided that I was never stepping foot in that place again. It is an absolute pile of garbage over there. You couldn't pay me to go to that stadium again. Eh, it's fine. I'll just go cheer on the Hawks. We're having a good season. Might as well take it all in. Uh, and then yeah. Anybody have any other notes on this game? I mean. You said it, Stin. Everybody's going to have to be on their A game this weekend. I'm kind of excited for jumper, jumping around. Yeah, I, I, I do think that'll be fun. The tailgating will be fun, too. Yeah. I, it's, it's our first 11 o'clock kick of the year, though, which sucks. Going to, like, a new place. I, I've never been, and I don't think anybody that we're going with has been to Madison for a game before. So, like, with the 11 o'clock kick, you got to we got to be on our A game to fig, you know, figure out what the whole tailgating scene is. We're not going to have time to feel it out like um, we would if it was a two thirty kick. Um, I know people. We know people going. We know we. Uh, Hazel's got. Hazel's going with somebody that's got a parking spot, so we. Oh, sweet. We'll have if we want. We'll have somewhere to go. Um, cool. Oh, if you're listening to this and you're going and you're an Iowa fan, hit us up. If you have a tailgating spot. Uh, or if you don't, whatever. We'll just meet you up. Yeah. Meet meet us meet us downtown on. Uh, First half. I don't know if that's. I, I'm guessing there's a first half. 
it's Pennsylvania Avenue. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but one other football note before we move on here. Uh, the Northwestern game is a night game, which that is strange. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. whatever. I mean, I'll be wearing my coveralls, so I'm certainly going to sneak a few drinks into the game. Those November games will get you, especially late at night. Uh, but you guys got any other notes? Otherwise, we'll move on here to our draft. No, no notes uh, here. Yeah, I don't know. Just let's hope that the the whole team took the bye week to kind of... The Purdue game was one of those where it just burned the film, never watch it again. Take it as that. So hopefully the whole team was able to kind of just throw that game away, take the week off to kind of recover, get their heads straight again, and then come out here and play good football for the rest of the season. A couple uh, basketball notes. Caitlin Clark, preseason All-American. Keegan. First season, team All-Big Ten. Big Ten. So that's exciting. Yeah. Uh, we get any recruits lately? Or maybe I'm thinking wrong. The, think Ma- so. the McCaffrey boys are dropping their first podcast next week. So if you're into I'm podcasts. Sorry. That'll be appointment podcasting. You'll need to watch that. They're teasing their first guest, but I, 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 I don't know. I hope it's Fran. Uh, all right. We're going to hit an ad from our sponsor here right now. Rolling Hills Heritage Pork out of Farley, Iowa. Wesley Henderson. His phone number is 319-461-5520. Uh, best pork in town. We grill it up on game day. We grill it up when we're having a podcast. Plump is juiciest. Luck- luxuant? Is that a word? No, I think you made that up. Well, yeah. sounds good. Luxuant meat. Wes has the best meat around. You can ask any of the guys at Happy Hour at Cobra Lanes in Farley, Iowa. Just phenomenal meat all around. Give him a call, Wes Henderson, at 319-461-5520. That's Rolling Hills Pork out of Farley. Alrighty. And now we're going to do a draft this week of our favorite appetizers. And I have enough for four picks apiece. Do you guys? I think we could probably muster something up. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I didn't list them out because I feel like I know. a lot of appetizers out there. So, yeah, we should be able to do four, I think. Okay, I'll take last this week. Okay. Who went first last week? I, I think you did. Okay, Joey did, I think. All right, I'll go first then. Okay, Um, I feel like I'm taking just kind of the clear-cut, obvious number one choice here. Shouldn't be much debate about it. We're going to go with chicken wings. <sighs> yep. I'm in, you know, save me your breath, Luke, about how people order chicken wings as their main meal. No, I yep. wasn't. I, I just wanted to get it cleared up earlier today. I don't care that you took chicken wings. Yeah. They're listed under the appetizer section, and I guess if I'm going to be specific about it, we're talking about bone-in chicken wings because they are better than boneless. Don't fight me about that. So, yeah, bone-in chicken wings. The great thing about them is that you have so many different varieties of how you can get it. You know, it's not like... A mozzarella stick is kind of a mozzarella stick not to take away from it. They're great. But a chicken wing, you get so many more options as to how you can get that chicken wing. It just, it's versatile and it's great. You can't go wrong with it. Yeah, I mean, we've long established that chicken wings are the best food, one of the best foods. So for this, that's a no-brainer. Okay, and what's your sauce here? Because I I think the sweet chili sauce or Asian zing or something, that's coming on to me hard. Yeah, typically if there's ever a sweet chili or something, if I'm ordering for the group especially, 
Sweet chili is a, a, a crowd favorite. Yeah. So, some type of Asian chili type of sauce always yeah. hits. Otherwise, my rule of thumb when I go to a new place to try wings is I always just get like their medium or like their regular hot because I don't know. It just, if you're going to have wings, you should have that flavor. You should have like a good – a buffalo wing should be like the thing uh, that you do the best. Or just a baseline flavor keeping yeah. it the same all around. That's my yeah. Opinion. All right, um, Joey. Okay, this one, this is, this one – I don't. It's not the one I get the most, but every time I get more appetizer, I get it, and that's gonna be calamari. Good, Ooh, good one. Yeah. Cal- calamari. I don't. I don't know what it is. It's got like a really good texture to me. I think we've also discussed how texture is very important in mm-hmm. mess. But also, it always comes with a good. It's sauce. Yeah. There's always some type of good sauce that comes with it. It feels classy almost to eat. So I'm gonna have to roll with calamari here. Yeah. Like that pick a lot. Ah, oh, my pick. I think I'm gonna go with, I don't know, call it whatever you want, the awesome blossom or cactus blossom. Yeah, or a blooming onion, whatever. Blooming yeah. onion. I mean, we talked about that before on the sauce draft a couple weeks ago because there's sauce that comes with it at Texas Roadhouse. You know, it you can get a bad one. I will say that if it's soggy, you know, it the onions aren't very. It, it just doesn't taste right. The texture's not good. But all around, most of the time, you'll get a pretty solid one. So, and the sauce that comes with that is typically pretty good too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Sal- then type of thing. Oof! Next pick. I'm gonna go with fried pickles. That's that's a, that's a solid pick as well. Yeah, not the spears. The spears no. oh, suck. The chips. If, if ever you order fried pickles and they arrive and it's spears, you're entitled to walk up, get up and walk out. <laughs> yeah, spears are terrible. The the chips is what you're looking for. Though, I mean, this weekend we were at a brewery and we ended up getting them. So we're good. Yeah, and they also usually come with some type. Good dipping sauce, fancy yeah. Fancy good dipping sauce, too. God. Good sauces are a way to our heart. Oh, yeah. Big sauce podcast. All right, Joey. I'm going with cheese curds. Um, that's good That's what I'll probably order the most in terms of appetizers. I Well, chicken wings, but chicken wings I usually get as a main course. So if I'm ever ordering appetizer for a table, I will most of the times go with cheese curds or fried pickles. But the best cheese curds are the big gourmet ones that are like more than one bite. And okay, ooey so ooey I, ooey. I, I specifically had Wisconsin cheese curds down. Okay, that's so, just too nitpicky. Yeah, we're not. We're yeah. not this state there is a difference. The state you're in doesn't. Even the Wisconsin up on up at Reds in Chitek, Wisconsin, they have regular cheese curds and then they have gourmet cheese curds. I just, I'm just saying we're. We said cheese curds. You can't be like, well, actually, it's a cheese curd, but I want the bigger one. You know, we're we're not getting that specific with this. Yeah. All right, all right. But yeah, those those are delicious. Stin boy. Two picks here. A lot of pressure. Okay. Uh, So for my first one here, I'm gonna go with a good, and I'm a sucker for these myself. Soft pretzel. You got some like beer cheese dip with it as well. Um, and I, I'm talking specifically like in the actual pretzel form, like twisted into the nice shape and everything, but 
even if it's the bites as well. Like, just I'm a I'm a sucker for a soft pretzel. I think they always hit. Um, I do love them. And then for my second one here, I'm gonna go with another classic. This one is especially good if you're like if you've got a group and you're buying it for the table. We're gonna go with nachos. Oh. <laughs> yeah, a good like pork nachos or something like that is mm -hmm. just awesome. Joey? Oh man, man, you guys just like wiped out my board. <laughs> um Wow, I'm I'm really kind of at a loss right now. Uh There's well, plenty okay. still out there. Okay, I'll, I'll, we just we discussed this one earlier, but I do enjoy it. Um, if you if you get like some good gourmet like homemade chicken tenders, like you know like either beer battered or like hand breaded chicken tenders, if they're an option on the appetizer menu, those are always good. I know they have good ones at Big Grove, um, and they also come with a variety of dipping sauces, which adds to the allure for me. So yeah, the, I mean you can't go wrong with them. Never yeah. can. Uh, my final two picks. All right, I'm going to take one of my personal favorites, spinach artichoke dip. I knew you were going to choose yeah. that at some point. Why? Because you, you feel like you, every, t every single time I'm out to eat with you and that's an option to order, you get it like every single time. It's because it's, it's good. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with spinach artichoke dip, but um, it's never my go-to like appetizer option. Okay, so, and then I have one more. Um, I'm going to go with, I'm going to say it, they're overrated as fuck, but mozzarella sticks. Yeah, they are overrated, but they are good. You just, you just don't give very many with, yeah, th the problem with ordering mozzarella sticks as opposed to cheese curds is, like, cheese curds, you get a whole ass basket. If you order that as an appetizer, if you order mozzarella sticks, you're getting like six tops. Yeah, you're paying nine bucks for fucking five cheese sticks. Uh, yeah, it's stupid, but they are good. But just the pure value, how much they cost is terrible. They're not a good sharing appetizer either because everybody gets one. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's my problem with appetizers too is... When I get them, I don't want to share. Like I just That's why nachos are good, always. Yeah, mm -hmm. Nachos are always good because there's usually so much that you wouldn't eat it all anyway by yourself. Especially if yeah. you've got a meal coming. Alright, so those are my four. Joey? Um, I'm going with chips and queso. Uh, it's, the queso can be hit or miss depending on the restaurant you're at. Like, I don't know, uh, Carlos O'Kelly's doesn't have the best queso. But Mexican restaurants, their queso is uh, unreal. <clears throat> See, I was going to put that on my list, but I, I've, I knew Stan and I picked <laughs> queso and salsa as a sauce a couple weeks ago, so I didn't want to put it on there. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is the proper placement for it. <laughs> Maybe our problem is that we just do rankings of foods too often. <laughs> There's a lot of other things in the world that we can rank. I mean, look at us. <laughs> yeah, we love food. Part of all of our lives. All right, Stin. Okay, uh, 
This one I did not think was going to come all the way back around to me, but I'm happy that it did. And it's kind of a little bit different than I think what you guys were probably thinking, and that's why it's got here. But I'm going to go with Crab Rangoons. Mm, yeah, that's a good one. Those are awesome. And it's like, you don't usually think of like Chinese food as having appetizers, but Crab Rangoons are definitely an appetizer, and those things hit. Yep, they're good. They are. Uh... Okay. No. No, we all just took four. Yeah, that's four. We want to read off our four quick? Yeah, go ahead. Yep, give the people a chance to vote. Uh, Mine was the Bloomin' Onion, Fried Pickle Chips, Spinach Artichoke Dip, and Mozzarella Sticks. And Chicken Wings, Soft Pretzels, Nachos, and Crab Rangoons. Um, I had, what did I have? I had, not not in this order, but I, oh yeah, I had calamari, cheese curds, chicken tenders, case, chips and queso. We had a Oops. solid, that was a good draft, good, not good job. Not a lot, guys, I think I kind of, I think I won that one. Kinda you say that every down. fucking time. Oh, come on. I got, I got chicken wings and nachos on my list. Those, those are like two are, goat appetizers. Those are two solid picks. Um, cheese well, curtain. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying. Why? Let me feel confident, okay? You, Hold on, breaking are, news! Breaking yeah. news! We're, we've been doing a, our our fantasy basketball draft during the podcast recording here, and with my last pick, I'm taking Luca Garza out of Iowa. Luke, I you have another pick. You're on the clock right now. I know. Well, <laughs> I, I didn't want to say second last pick. It it made me sound like an idiot then. Uh, yeah, so so I just got Luca, uh, but you know any... that he was available for your last pick, right? Yeah. Like he had to have been. Oh yeah, that too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so for honorable mentions, I I got a few here. I think. Uh, quesadillas, like when you think of apple Applebee's uh, quesadillas, uh, breadsticks and or buns. Like if you count those from like road. I, I was gonna like the free bread that you get like at some restaurants I didn't know if that counted because technically you don't order it they just give it to you oh yeah that counts yeah um, since you brought up uh, Rangoon's you gotta go egg rolls too on there egg, mm-hmm. pork egg rolls mm. and I, or even like I was thinking like some places do like a kind of specialty egg roll where it's not like really an egg roll but it's like a Philly cheese steak or like a buffalo chicken egg roll or something like that those can be really good and then I had uh, loaded French fries, basically like nachos, but with French fries. Yeah, I had, I had that in my list as well. I should have thought about this. I just didn't more. want to choose that since I took nachos and they were like a pretty similar thing. I chose two ranches a couple of weeks ago, Stim. Yeah, that was absurd. I'm regretting my, my last pick now after hearing some Joe, you're really going to hate yourself over one of these I'm going to name off. Uh, breaded mushrooms was another. I like them. Not for everybody, sure. though. Uh, onion rings. Well, the, I, I mean, yours, I counted yours as onion rings pretty much. It's more or less the same thing. It's a deep fried onion. That would yeah. like, have been like the cheese balls thing, in my opinion. And then oh. this one, jalapeno poppers. Ooh, those are good. Yeah. Or the jalapeno bottle caps from, like, Scooters on 151. Yeah, those are good. Uh, something that's kind of slept on, but what I think are really good, deep fried green beans are pretty good. 
I think I I haven't had those in a long time. I don't know if I've ever had them. Or one I thought of was uh, potato skins. Yeah. But those aren't really my cup of tea, but I can see how a lot of people like them. So. But any other honorable mentions your way? Um, not right off the top of my head. Um, no, not really. I think we kind of hit all the good ones. I was going to say, like, breadsticks, but you just said that before, so. Yeah, but, all right, do we have any other basketball, football, anything related notes? Otherwise, we can wrap up the show here. Um, I saw today that, um... The athletics department announced that Iowa Wrestling has sold 11,600 season tickets so far this year, which is a record for them. So, yeah. I mean, we're returning all 10 starters to a national championship wrestling team. So, uh, I mean, expectations could not possibly be higher for that. So that should be – and they've just been an absolute, like – They've been riding a wave of recruitments. Like right after the Penn State game, they in the span of like three days, they got seven like top-rated recruits. Like almost all of them, I think actually all of them, from the state of Iowa. So, they're a uh, wrestling is on a recruiting kick right now, and especially since you know they got the women's wrestling that's being added, and they're opening or they're going to be building that standalone wrestling facility right next to Carver too. So, um, I mean, obviously. We're talking about Iowa athletics wrestling is kind of the pinnacle of that, so we should be set up pretty well in the future to continue kind of our, I don't know, I, I'm not going to say dominance because up until last year, Penn State had kind of been the pinnacle of the sport, but our tradition of wrestling moving forward, so we're set up pretty good right there. Um, Xavier Wonkpa announced December 8th officially uh, is when he's and announced. Heartbreaking day. Yeah, he's. I just checked his Twitter. He is uh, going to Ohio State this weekend. So, Maybe go Penn State. <laughs> yeah, going for Penn State this weekend, man. <laughs> yeah, uh, but hopefully that domino falls and gets knocked in the right direction, right towards Iowa City. But if nothing else, guys, we're gonna wrap up. Three, two. Nebraska. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Hawkeye Tailgate Report, guys. You can uh, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Podbean. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at HTR underscore pod. You can also check out our Facebook page there as well. You can follow all three of us on Twitter. Mine is Myers underscore Luke. Joey's is Joe Mama 2196 And did I say that right? I feel like I had a stroke halfway through that. And Austin's is at Myers Austin. Thanks for listening, everybody, and go Hawks.